This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Bring illumination to our mind, O oh God, and let the truth that comes by the Holy Spirit bring, O oh God, a deliverance that we may not have experienced heretofore. But let there be newness of life, I pray. Breathe freshly upon us the breath of life as only you can. And Jesus breathed on them and he ascended to the Father. But he gave us the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. To walk alongside, to teach us, to train us, to deliver us, to fill us with the power of God, to give us knowledge and understanding about the word of God, to become the living truth in a dark world that needs the light of God to be the food from the mouth of God so folks will see the truth and be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. We know you're able. Bless us to be the word of God. Bless us to be lambs of God. We know you're able, God, in Jesus' matchless name. Hallelujah. Thank God. Won't you give God one more praise? Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on. Yeah, he's worthy. I say God, the creator of the universe. Hey, hallelujah. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. We're going to be in four main verses of Scripture, and God will, amen, lead us through in this analysis, ongoing analysis of the Living Truth series. We're yet in part one of this series, dealing with the book, Nine Lies Christians Believe. Today we're dealing with lie number seven, that certain lost family members will never change. That's a lie from the pit. Amen. We're looking at first in the Old Testament, uh, the books of Ruth and Proverbs. Ruth, the fourth chapter, going to the happy ending, verses, verses 14 and 15. I'll be reading to, the, uh, to you in your hearing from the NIV in, in that scripture. I'm um, just thinking and praising God for all of you, praising God for his presence, for the move of his spirit. And God is always not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that is, amen, uh, one of the main messages in this message. Ruth 4, 14 and 15, uh, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given birth to Obed. Amen. And we move to Proverbs 18.21 from the New Language uh, language Translation, where it reads, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. My God. Go to the New Testament, two books there, Matthew and Hebrews. In Matthew 19.26 in the NIV, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things 
are possible. Amen. And in Hebrews eleven six, also in the NIV, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. This message is going to be dealing with the lie that ungodly or dysfunctional family members will never change for the better. You know, we tend to write people off, don't we? We write them off as we begin to see them as incorrigible, in other words, completely lost and without hope. The enemy would like for us to go around prophesying against them in the name of pride and death. However, God wants us all to be his intercessors of grace and hope. We need grace and hope today. Mercy, Lord. His spirit can fill us with his holy empathy. And his holy empathy is made up of long suffering and eternal care. My God. But we first need to realize that God didn't write us off. So we should never stop praying for the lost. Amen. I want to give you that thought. God did not write us off. So we should never stop praying for the lost. Amen. The devil wants us to lose heart. And we read first from the book of Ruth. It's very significant that uh, this short book of Ruth, if you've ever read it, four chapters, uh, is a bridge between uh, two major parts of Israel's covenant history. And God is a covenant God, but he never breaks his part of the deal, does he? The first part of the Bible uh, is, is Genesis through Judges. So Genesis through Judges is first, and then Ruth comes, right? And Genesis through Judges focuses on how Abraham's descendants became a nation. A whole lot of folk came into the picture for him uh, to have descendants according to the Abrahamic covenant uh, where he would have a countless score of descendants more numerous than the stars. My God. Uh, Yes, and they would become a nation and on the covenant God made with them, God saw to it that it happened. And the second part of the scriptures Uh, Samuel through Kings tells about the story of the nation's kings and the covenant God made with David. So so we have the Abrahamic covenant on one side, the the Davidic covenant on the other side, Ruth bridging in the middle. And there's a reason why Ruth is bridging in the middle, because all kinds of souls came into the picture that you would not think should be in the picture. Folks, you would think do not deserve, my God, the honor and the respect, but they will get it. My God, Ruth helps us to, amen, transition by opening in the days of the judges and ending with the genealogy of David. The book appears to have been written to defend David's right to be king. Why? Because he was the great grandson of a Moabite named who? Ruth. My God. Because the people of Moab didn't help the Israelites, remember, when they came out of Egypt and the law didn't permit any descendant of a Moabite to join Israel down to the 10th generation. And if you look at the ending of Ruth, they named 10 generations from Perez down into David, David the 10th. The 10th, he shouldn't be in 
you know, counted in the number because he's the 10th. They said all the way down to the 10th. David shouldn't be in there. Amen. Somebody say, but God, hallelujah, according to our law, it is no. According to man, it's impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. How many know we serve a transforming God? Amen. How many know we serve a gracious God who can come in and make things new? Amen. Hey, he will make the, amen, the hard head become an obedient servant. Amen. Amen. Thank God he'll make the downright and dirty, upright and clean. Hallelujah. Anyhow, make the drunk become sober, close the leg of the prostitute. My God, cleanse the tail of the whoremonger. Hallelujah. Anyhow, God can do it. Yes, he can. We live in a downright dirty sex crazed age. So the word of God has to come just like that. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Because folks say amen in church and go home to they rated R, rated X, M-A, M-A, M-A. Hallelujah anyway. Amen. So look at David. He had a rated X uh, 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 testimony. Amen. He went and got his girl that wasn't his girl. Amen. Amen. Knocked her up and then knocked the man out. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus still consecrated him, what? King. And out of his line would come the eternal line through Jesus. How many know God can do it? He can do the inconceivable, amen? And make, amen, those who can conceive to conceive, amen? Thank God, and some of us can't think right, so we can't conceive a holy thought, but God, amen, will churn the soil of your soul until it can sprout a holy fruit from heaven. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Yes, this book of Ruth is, a, is, a, is setting up a, a, a drama or a stage play. That's what it seems like. And every scene features a short introduction and then dialogue between the characters. The book ends with a 10-generation genealogy leading up to David. Amen. And it's showing us, us, thank God. We look at some of the folk in the genealogy. We say, whoa, they were toe up from the flow up. And who are we? Amen. We're looking in the mirror at ourselves. We're looking at ourselves. Amen. We're toe up from the flow up. And God said, if you don't get right and get hot like heaven, he's going to spew you out and throw you up. Amen. So Ruth is showing us God's purpose, not man's purpose. Yes, God has laws and man has their laws. But God's laws supersede. Amen. God will help you to go in and glean the field. Amen. When folks have closed the field and look like there's nothing left, God will say, oh, there's plenty left for my downtrod. Let them go on in and glean the field, and you'll have enough to feed your family. My God, God is a personal God like that, a God of kindness to all souls. Amen. He helps us to see the story in Ruth as a redemptive conclusion. Amen. And an ongoing writing for us. Because the, 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 the Acts of the Holy Ghost, the book of Acts called the Acts of the Apostles, really the Acts of the Holy Ghost, is still being written in us. Amen. And we want, amen, to see that in Ruth, as I read in that last few verses towards the end, that's the happy ending part. Thank God. But God wants us to see that in the story of Ruth, he's displaying profound truths about his eternal heart of empathy and altruism. We need that in our world of egoism where folks will step on you to get to what they got to get to. My God, they'll cut you off on a road and they're just going to go and park their car two minutes later. My God, they don't care. They want to cut you off. 
That's why there's road rage and folks in your own home. My God, they're going for theirs. Amen. And they'll step on you to get it. Uh, But let's look at the narrative as our wardrobe, if you will, to be visited time to time when we need it. Lest we are naked in our sin and we could get the anointing of God, we need to cover up the sin, my God. And, and God, when he says cover up, that means he's delivering you, amen, and then folks can't call you those names anymore. My God, no more will you be called a whore, no. You're going to be called woman of God. No more will you be called a drug addict, amen, a pimp. My God, you're going to be called a man of God. Hallelujah, God will erase that, amen, and cover that up, amen. We need to go to the holy wardrobe of Ruth and find some befitting uh, clothing, my God. And God is going to help us face formidable obstacles, things that seemingly cannot turn around for the good. And it will not just only be situations in our life and in our family and in the world, in our country, in our jobs, wherever, but also in people, my God, because all those places are made from people doing things and being who they are. No matter what happens in our lives, God can reach into our hearts with the power of his grace. And I capitalize every letter of that because it's a person. It is the Savior, Christ Jesus, who is above everyone. And he's above everything that seems hopeless. Instead of perpetuating generational curses of hiding the ungodly uh, elephant, because we, we, we tend to be loyal to that. He's going to break that generational curse because we tend to like to hide things and, and, and sweep it under the rug as though it didn't exist. But that's not the hiding God does. Sometimes we want to hide the elephant that's in the room. We act like it's not there. We, that's a ministry in a lot of families. Amen. All around the world. And other families like to indulge in uncivil wars. That's a pun that I intended. Amen. Uncivil wars. They get just downright indignant, rude. My God. But we need to learn how to remain loyal to the holy will of who? The Redeemer. Let's look for eternal uh, loving truth as revealed in the book of Ruth. And as I always say, you can't spell truth without Ruth. Amen. Think about it. (laughs) You know, God's grace can overcome all obstacles if Christ is prioritized. If we would just prioritize Jesus, not ourself. We prioritize ourself, that's egoism, egocentrism, amen. We're the center of the universe. Nothing else matters. We don't tend to look past our eyelashes. We want to see what we need. What's in it for me? Amen. Never mind uh, how it's affecting somebody else. That's what goes on in the, the, the core of our human being, of being a human being, amen, the core uh, of who we are as a human. Uh, we, we are egocentric. We have egoism, and we were born and shaped in that iniquity, and in sin did our mothers conceive us. Why? Because our forefathers said so, amen. They chose their own man-made religion that the devil constructed. My God, they deconstructed God. See, deconstruction way back at the beginning, God sowed and the devil came and countersowed. There it is. My God, and then we want to go all about our merry way without God. And we begin to think, what? We're God. All of a sudden, we're God. But take a real close microscopic spiritual look at Ruth, and it will reveal to you how God is determined to reverse our innate values, which have been nurtured by agents and authorities outside of the holy will and giftings of the Spirit. 
that are given by the faith of the Lord and his deliverance power. Uh, the, the Spirit of God reveals the path of divine purpose from which we are to glean within the historic narrative of Ruth. It unfolds the fabric of mystery, clothed, amen, created to clothe us with an ultimate happy ending. Yes, my wife likes movies with happy endings. Yes, Lord, nothing wrong with that. But we know sometimes the world is not like that all the time, amen. But God does want a happy ending, amen. He tells us in the word of God how the devil's going to lose and how we're going to have a happy ending. Amen. But you got to be in Jesus. You have to prioritize who? Jesus. Amen. So God is trying to preserve that happy ending for us who choose the hope of heaven's holiness. God prefers right now in where we are prophetically that we would love holiness over happiness. Amen. Because sometimes happiness can be redefined and it'll make us, amen, be on a downward slope uh, in a death trap. And we're born and shaped in iniquity, which means we're born on death row. Welcome to death row. And the devil talks us into uh, enjoying that ride. We shouldn't be enjoying the ride of death row. We need life avenue. We need the holy hill. We need to find that narrow way that leads to life and peace in Jesus. Amen. Few there be that find it because few will say yes, Lord. But many will stay put in the iniquity that we were born with. And it's a broad way, a wide way that leads to hell. My God. My God. But we don't have to go that way. How we approach Ruth's spiritual wardrobe will determine our outcome. There is an anointing available that conquers each malady that we're born with and that we must face and that others in the world around us may have to face, my God. And the mind of Christ will enable us to pray as we ought to pray. We need to begin to pray for our own self correctly so we get delivered and get saved and set free, amen, filled with the power and anointing of God and have the right mind that comes from heaven. And then we'll shine right, amen. And then our people around us will be affected differently, my God, instead of provoking anger, my God, we'll begin to seek out to heal and to help and to save and to set free, my God, speak the truth in loving kindness that God intended for us to speak it in, amen. My God, we can't cuss people out and make them go to heaven. My God, the devil's a liar anyhow. There's always a battle for the mind. The battle for the mind, oh God, that's what we're all facing. Let's look at that for a minute. After choosing to become God's chosen or choice treasures, we can begin uh, his refining process by prioritizing his well-mapped out journey through this dry and thirsty, troublesome earth. We must work the works of his faith by fighting the good fight of faith as orchestrated by his power, ever enabling us with that renewable energy. It's a living energy. He's that fuel of fire that ever renews himself. My God, none other than the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's who we need in our being. My God, we need him to be that living relational power. It's a power source to make us uh, have that happy ending as heaven would have it. 
God knew that uh, we would have to make moves on his mapped out journey that may seem too risky to us. So many souls make unholy choices that hinder their holy calling and they fall to rock bottom and many times take us with them. Sometimes we take folks with us on our way down to rock bottom. My God, folks are hindering their calling, and then sometimes we are affected and our calling is hindered. My God, and vice versa. The enemy has victimized us all. That's who we need to point all of our fingers to, my God. But oh, how the love of Jesus can set us free, can reach down and pick us up and turn us around. You know the rest. Place our feet on solid ground. Amen. His eternal expectations cannot be completely fathomed and understood by our limited earthly minds. His earth, uh, his eternal blessing always far outweighs our wildest dreams beyond what we could what fathom or think. Amen. All he asks is this, is that we desire his holiness above all. For that is where his masterpiece goals are. His son is in agreement. God's son is in agreement with the process of going after us in this way. For we are his pearls of great price. Amen. You you see yourself as a pearl of great price. Do you know heaven's purpose for your life? Did you know that the high cost of that process is unlimited? The Godhead wants us to be in covenant of that mindset in total agreement with it and, and that we, we should uh, submit to it and stay put in it. Amen. You can't go left or right. You got to stay in a narrow way and go straight forward as God leads. You can't. Amen. Cower backwards. Amen. Cower until you're hindered and don't want to step forward. But amen, God wants us to make every step prosperous forward, every step golden. My God. He said to let this mind be in you, which was also in who? Christ Jesus. He is also aware that we must face and overcome formidable obstacles, things that are very hard, in the process of our developing holiness that we are, amen, being made into. Amen. We're not perfect, but God says we're perfect because he sees us from the eternal vision. Amen. We know good and well that we're not, but God is calling us that because he's calling us to a higher place of praise and we must walk therein and be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. I what? Will rejoice. My God. Not will regress or digress or go back. My God, I'll be apostate, but I will rejoice. Is it worth rejoicing over? Is it virtuous? Is it worthy of praise? God said in Philippians, think on these things. In other words, think, in other words, in a Hebraic sense, speak on these things too. And if it is in you, out of your mouth will what flow rivers of living water. But as a human being, we're caught up in the fog of this world, and it's easy to forget that God wants to reward us, as Hebrews reveals that we read. However, only the holy humility of God's grace found in faith, in holy faith, will help us win against the distracting power and plight of pious pride. All in the genealogy found in Ruth that leads to the eternal throne where Christ sits at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a lot of souls, my God who made bad decisions, but God turned things around. My God, God's revealing through the narrative of Ruth that there are three main obstacles that become strongholds as as, as he reveals in the book of Ruth. So number one, 
the process of overcoming natural disadvantages. How many know that we are faced with that sometimes? Natural disadvantages. Things in our life, my God. Situations, oh God, that we, that we encounter because of who uh, we are immediately associated and related to and maybe who we are passively uh, uh, associated with. Amen. There could be, we could have experienced the tertiary effect. It may have happened way across town, way across in another hemisphere, but somehow it's going to trickle over and happen and happen to affect us. My God, what we do in our little sinful secret corner is going to make its way out into the big bowl boulevard in a minute. We whisper it in secret and silence, but the Holy Ghost is going to yell it from the mountaintop in a minute. My God, light's going to shine from heaven and, and we're going to be exposed. My God, natural disadvantages come on us some kind of way from ourselves or from others. It tends to be more important than the development of, a, of an unholy f- a value system. My God. So we don't even care if we have an unholy value system. We're only looking at the natural disadvantages. And we're jealous of others. Amen. And covetous of others. Why? How come they get this and that and they could go through this and that? And how come I'm stuck where I am? And we'll become even more wicked than we were before just to try to get what they got. We, we begin to, 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 to soak in natural disadvantages, my God, and, and don't even care if unholy value systems are ever building in us. That's, um, that's one stronghold that we find in Ruth. Number two uh, stronghold, sometimes shattered dreams. You ever heard of that? Shattered dreams. Some of us have them. Shattered dreams could bring so much pain into our lives that it's difficult to welcome the opportunity they provide for new levels of trust. God is closing one door and opening a whole brand new, better one, but we are still stuck on trying to pick the lock of that one. My God, on our knees and begging, please, please, won't you please help me? And that thing can't help you. My God, it's a shattered dream. Leave it in the dust where it is and go for the newness of God. Hallelujah, anyhow. Let God show you the light of the open door ahead. My God. Here's a third stronghold. Sometimes material resources make it easy for us to disguise our narcissism that, uh, that, that's really there. And we have a, a non-sacrificial generosity. And uh, sometimes we, we have all this stuff and we seem like we're the best thing since baked bread. and We, 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 ha- we have this ministry of giving and giving and giving. But sometimes as one uh, elderly woman said when I was a young boy in the missionary, uh, Glendale Missionary Baptist Church, Sister Birch, amen. She said, sometimes people got a devil blessing. Yes, sir. I, I, and I, I wondered about that. I said, wait, I didn't hear that in Sunday school. That's something else. That's a new thing. My God. But if you look in the Bible, yes, the devil tried to bless Jesus. He said, if you do what? Bow your knee down. He showed him all this stuff he could give him. Haven't we heard countless testimonies of certain famous folk, how they sold their soul? My God, there's some merit to that. And you could gain the whole world, as the Bible says, and do what? Lose your soul. My God. Yes, but material resources can trick us and make us think, oh, we're already blessed. I'm more anointed to you. I got more stuff. There's theology out there for that. My God. And churches are opening up quick like a bay tree, like the Bible says. My God. They open up big like a big bay tree, and the next day they're gone. My God. 
Uh, but people are going to enjoy it while they're there because they will, amen, begin to tickle their fancies and they'll be, begin, begin to be church whores, church hoppers. My God, hop from one bed and go to the next bed. My God, church hoppers. My God, you heard a whole hopper, there's church hopping. My God, and it's a spiritual harlotry, the Bible calls it. My God, there's no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. My God, so they leave that one and shop around, shop around town. Looking for the loose women that are along the side of the road, those churches, and they go and find a new one. My God, such was the beginning of uh, 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 David's line. If we begin at the beginning of that genealogy, as we find in, in Ruth, where they, they, they mention uh, one name, Perez. Remember that? Perez. Remember his name? Who was his mother and father? None other than Judah, one of the tribes, right? One of the eldest sons, he came, my God, and he had a, a son that died because he did some disastrous thing, and uh, he couldn't give birth with the woman, Tamar, who he was married to. This is not David's Tamar. This is 10 generations before David. So Tamar was childless, and so uh, by Levite laws, uh, they had to give the brother the wife, my God, so she had to marry her brother-in-law because the husband died. And uh, uh, this one, he said, no, I want, I, I want, I want to have a financial advantage because if I give birth, if we give birth, then that seed, I got to, got to take some of the money. No, I want all my real seed to have all the money. I don't want this other one to have. So he said, no. Nah. And then he, he, he performed one of, one of the first uh, ways to, to uh, uh, not have kids. Amen. Uh, before, before everything is given to you, I, I, I'm going to end the meeting right quick. Amen. And, and, and leave here and go somewhere else. Amen. If you know what I mean. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> the Bible says he dropped his seed on the ground. Amen. He, he, he was supposed to give it and, and he messed up. Amen. So now she's without any husband. And by right, they would suspend uh, incest laws and let the father give a seed. But he's like, I'm not having that. No way. So what she did, she tricked them into doing it. She acted like she was one of them women on the side of the road and covered her face. And he went on in unto her. And uh, he said she's like a black widow. I don't want to have nothing to do with her because she killed two men. My God, look at what, look what he called her. My God, she's like poison. No, I don't want her. She, I lost two of my sons. But little did he know that God instituted that because there was sin in the camp. My God. But now he says, I'm not going to let you have a seed. Isn't that something? All of that. And, and we got to look deeper in the book of Ruth. Sometimes we pass by genealogies. Oh, that's the boring part. We let the, we let the genealogies pass by. Look at the names. Look at the names. I say, look at the names. My God. But this woman, she was able to give birth. Oh, she pregnant? Well, she hoeing around town. She was supposed to remain a virgin forever uh, and not have anything. He wanted to just shut her off from society. But she was about to have uh, a, a baby. But little did he know it was going to be two babies, twins. So God let him get back the two sons he lost by grace. Amen. But he getting ready to kill her. No, stone her. She's evil. She's a whore. My goodness. She said, oh, yeah. Uh, remember these items you left? Like a credit card so you can make payment when you ran out and didn't pay me? And, and look, uh, the owner of these is the father. He said, oh, snap. You more holy than I am, you know. And he was able to exonerate her and uh, uh, make some cryptic comment. 
which uh, made himself implicated. And uh, his sin was brought out. So you do your little secret thing. He was trying to get his little freak on in secret. It came out open. Everybody found out. Amen. Everybody found out. Perez was one of the twins. And from him, thank God, the line went on down. And uh, Salmon uh, married uh, the woman that was in uh, the wall before Jericho wall uh, fell down. What's her name? Prostitute there. Rahab. So Rahab, Salmon and Rahab. So Salmon's of the seed of, of Israel uh, and, and uh, Rahab is of Jericho. So by marriage, that seed could come on in. But if, if the person had not been saved, if you will, from our terminology, because Rahab got saved, y'all. So she was able to come on into the fold. But they said if somebody's not saved, if you will, and they come from yonder's way and got, you know, all of these idol gods, they're killing babies against the will of God. and uh, We can't let them into the holy camp. No. But folks was getting saved. Folks they didn't ever think would get saved. My God. She turned her life around and helped the spies and helped Israel defeat. Jericho. My God. She got saved. My God. So we got her. We got, we got Tamar did the wrong thing, but God turned it around for good. My God. Saving folk left and right. Folk that should have been discounted, but God brought them on in. My God. And I say, look, look like the line of Jesus got a bunch of losers, but God turned them around and made them winners. Hallelujah. God will pick you up and sanctify you. You mean some evil, but God will turn your mind around and make you do holy things for him and stand loyal to the way of God. My God, more than the folk that got there already. That's why the last shall be first sometimes. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow, folk been there a long time, like the prodigal son. My God, he had a brother. He said, I never messed up. You giving him all this stuff. Why you didn't, why you didn't celebrate me? How come you didn't celebrate me? My God. So, and then he started talking about his brother like he was some foreigner. My God. So the, the, uh, the older son was more prodigal than the younger one. So he threw away all his loyalty and, and holy way of thinking about, amen, being loyal and helping the family get saved and just want to throw him away. The son's coming and getting saved, and he still didn't want to celebrate. Isn't that something? You could be so tight in yourself, folk get saved, and you still don't want to celebrate. Hallelujah, anyhow. That's going on in and around town right here in this, amen, modern-day world. We get a tight kind of heart, tight-minded. My God, we don't have any kind of empathy, no kind of love of altruism from God to want others to be saved. We made it. It's us four and no more. Loose out of here. We want all to be saved, just the way God says it. I'm long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Hallelujah. Anyhow. This line of roof has some messed up situations in it. At first glance, it may not appear to have uh, such treasure, my God. But if you look real close, it's not worthy, seemingly, of the divine treasure. But God brings in his divine wisdom and straightens things out. God makes the crooked straight, doesn't he, though? He will let you, amen, walk in his spirit. And then you will learn how to lean and glean, ah, like the process of deliverance that Ruth herself had to experience. Do you remember Ruth was a Moabitess? My God, 
So we have her, uh, her father-in-law before she got married. He brought, brought his family uh, from the land of Bethlehem, which was starting now to have dryness and no more uh, a harvest of anything. They started, amen, starving, and they went on into, amen, a foreign land. My God, and, and they began to be surrounded by those who honored and, and worshipped Chemosh in the land of Moab. And uh, his sons took daughters from there. My God, and we know not of if they were saved at first. But amen, we have evidence that Ruth took hold of the holy way of God because uh, Naomi, the mother, prayed a prayer of grace on them and may you be blessed in the house that you go into and the, your future be blessed, this and that. She prayed grace over them. Orpah, she left, but of course, Ruth stayed. She said, uh, your people going to be my people and your God, what is going to be my God? I'm not leaving. Amen. I came to stay. Amen. God has changed my heart. Amen. He touched me. Now I know. Hey, hallelujah. Ruth had a, a different testimony. Amen. So they went on back. But of course, the people had a problem. Some of them, amen, they don't want Ruth in there because she's from land down yonder. Amen. Moab, oh my God, nope. Well, we don't want anything to do with them. We shouldn't have anything to do with them down to the 10th generation. We don't want anything to do with them at all. Ruth's, from, Ruth's an outsider, my God. Long story short, God brought her in through marriage. Amen. And Jesus is our amen groom, and we're the bride. There has to be a marriage. There has to be a submission, therefore, to God. And you have to be made in the way God would have you to be made. We want to be, amen, pleasing to the groom. Amen. And we see in the Old Testament how when Esther came in to the harem, they had to cleanse the women. Amen. Took like six months. My God. My God, and they had all kinds of primpings, my God, and trainings and everything. They said, you can't be sneezing all out loud and scratching yourself and everything. You got to have the decorum of the queen, you know, teaching them stuff. Get your nails right. Stop biting your nails. Get your finger out of your mouth. They had to train them, teach them, perfume them, do everything. God wants to do that to us. He did it to Ruth spiritually. He wants to do it to us, too, spiritually. Who is our kinsman redeemer? Not Boaz, but Jesus. Boaz is a picture of Jesus. And look what God did. He did all of this, amen, reaching out as Jehovah, whatever he has to be, to get to you and me. Amen. And then, amen, as he's doing all of that work, who are we to discount God and say, no, that person's incorrigible. There's no way. But we got to remember what the scripture said, what Jesus said out of his own mouth. What's impossible to you? Yeah, it's impossible the way you think. But there's nothing impossible, what? With God. What's our job? Amen. To rest assured in God. Amen. If we have bitterness against folk, we're not going to pray right. We're not going to allow the Holy Ghost to come in and make our minds and lips and hearts do the right thing, to pray right. Amen. We're going to have bitterness. We're going to have resentment instead of, amen, camaraderie and faith building. My God. We're going to have a cantankerous attitude. We're going to have bitterness. We're going to, amen, be rude, obnoxious. And my God, we're going to turn our noses up and twitch our lips at folk. My God, 
stab them in the back with our murderous tongues. My God, instead of building folk up in the most holy thing, instead of praying for togetherness and love, my God, they will be ripping and tearing, my God, and shredding instead of uh, threading together in the bond of peace, my God. But God wants us, amen, to have pure agape so we could conquer all obstacles that attempt to separate or estrange us from each other and from God's covenantal presence. Ruth faced overwhelming disadvantages, not unlike our modern day, such as poverty, racism, subcultural religious bias, just to name a few. But what's more important is how she trusted God, no matter what others thought about her. My God. She's a baby killer. Look at her. And probably one of them uh, uh, temple prostitutes. They were talking all down about her. My God. But God had given her a new name. My God. And how things turned around for her. My God. And things got a little better. My God. Until she was able to marry in. My God. And God was able to, amen, enable his, his grace was enabled in her life because she accepted it. Ruth accepted it. Naomi accepted it. My God. Boaz accepted it. And soon those all around them caught on to the light of God and they had no other course but to accept it. Amen. Because God is preeminent. It's God's providence. God is in charge. Hallelujah. I'd rather be on the winning side. When it all comes down to it, are you going to be on the winning side? When all knees must bow, are yours going to already be bowed in leadership and showing the world that these knees only belong to Jesus? Hallelujah. Thank God. Uh, and this heart will only please Jesus. Hallelujah. And this mind and spirit will only appease God, is that what we're going to do? Hallelujah. Thank God, but sometimes the devil will have us downright dirty and get right under the avalanche of a deluge of disadvantages. You know, there are three things we need to look at before we close. You know, number one, Israel hated Moab. Ruth was a Moabitess, but the parallel truth is that the world is not a friend to Christianity, is it? Jesus said the world will what not be your friend. Christian faith seems like a foolish risk, doesn't it? My God, number two, Ruth had no job prospects. A widow, she was downright just decrepit and a loser. My God, and she had to pick the leftovers out of the field because the law said so. My God. But amen, through it all, she went on in humbly and happy in Jesus anyhow, if you will, and went on in and got her blessing. Amen. If you get, keep your heart right, amen, keep your attitude right, and just do what you are expected through the Holy Ghost, God is going to make a way. It's not up to you. It's up to God. Amen. You don't have the weight on your shoulder. God has the weight on his shoulder. Jesus said, I carry the weight of the world on my shoulder. You don't have to. You just reserve yourself. Amen. And give me a praise beyond measure and let the light of God shine out of your life when you praise him. The devil got to back up because you're in the holy of holies. No flesh can glory in God's presence. You got to back up, devil, when you praise God all the way. Go all the way and get your breakthrough. Watch the devil got to back off and the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they, they will drop powerless behind you. When you praise the Lord. Somebody give God a praise. Thank God, thank God. We know another, another thing. Ruth was widowed uh, and, and housed by a bitter widow. 
uh, with only a small glimmer of hope. But you know what? That little mustard seed of faith that, that, that Naomi found way down in the corner of her pocketbook. Make, thank God that women, they had these pocketbooks and they keep digging till they find what they, you know, they need. Amen. We have to wait for Lisa at the cashier. I know it's in here. I saw it. I put it in here. She keep digging. It's in there. Amen. Naomi kept digging in her purse. She found some faith. Amen. And she was able to bless her, 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 her daughter-in-law. She said, you going in there? No, I, I, let's make you a dress. I got a little bit of yarn left. Let's do something with here. Let's make you right. Come on. Let's go down to the river and get baptized. Get that funkiness off you. My God. I got a little perfume left in my purse. Come on now. Get your hair right. Go on in there. She ain't say amen. Be, be a homemonger with, uh, 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 with, with Boaz. No. She didn't say, go in and get your freak on with both hands. No. She let her go in and be honorable. Amen. In a submissive way. Amen. As one of the workers. Amen. And he saw her there. Thank God uh, near his feet and laying on, away from him. Amen. Not on top of him, not under him, but away from him. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Because folk misconstrued the Bible. She had to get her freak on in there so that he, he, she could win him over. No. She had to put it on him so she could win him. No. Nobody ain't putting nothing on nobody. Amen. The only thing that was being put on was a, the anointing of God, a new dress and some good clean water. Amen. Some shampoo on her hair. Amen. Put some Vaseline on her lips. Let her get on there and be right. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow. She was a righteous woman. She had already accepted the ways of God. Amen. And he, he saw that, how she honored God, honored her mother-in-law, honored God, honored the way of the Lord's will. Amen. He had nothing to do with honor her himself. He joined into the party. He was a little late to the party, but he joined in. And he blessed her. He said, hurry up before the sun come out because folk talk about us. Let's not, not let our goodness be evil spoken of. Here, take all this. I went to stop a shop. Here, have all this. My mother-in-law going to wonder where all this come from. Oh, my gosh. She came back with way more since I laid my burden down. My God. She got a burden from the Lord that she was able to carry. Thank God. God will give us what we can carry. And she brought it on back. And, and, then, and then Naomi knew her prayers were getting answered. She said, oh, the Lord's turning things around. Here it come. Hallelujah. God is turning it around. Now, how did, how did, how did Ruth's new anointing help her overcome Here's the answer. She valued healthy relationships over privilege. Some people want privilege over healthy relationship. I'm going to get mine. I don't know where it's at. It's around the corner. It's at the next church. Oh, it's not. I thought it was at this one. It's at the next one. No, no. God says, stop looking for privilege, 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 privilege all around town. You're going to put pieces of your heart all around town. Barely going to have a heart left. Giving everybody a piece of your mind. You got no peace left. My God, he'll give you more than peace of mind. He'll give you the whole thing. Thank God, God's going to put it together. He's going to, amen, find out. He's going to help you to have a resurrection. When Jesus cracked the sky, we're going to get a, a spiritual body. I know they preach wrong sometimes in them, some of them little churches, and, and sometimes the bigger grand church borrows some of it because it sounds good. It'll preach. Oh, the worm got to give up the body and all this here, and every little piece that was down in earth is going to come back, and I'm going to be able to go up with Jesus. God said, no, nah, you don't need that cantankerous, decrepit, rotten body. No, I'm going to what? I'm going to change what? In a moment. 
in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to be given a spiritual body. This is going to be a new body. Ah, oh, hallelujah. I don't need no band-aid on this body. As one preacher said, you can say farewell to welfare. Everything going to be all right. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. Thank God. That's the body I want. And that's what Ruth is showing us. But our world has eros galore. Our eros-based culture has it all backwards. We want privilege over relationships. Why? My God, we'll throw folk away to get ours. We are conditioned through innate sinfulness and the miseducation of the media to acquire whatever our hearts desire at the expense of others. And the altruistic empathy of God's covenantal fellowship with willing souls works to ensure their well-being at his expense. See, God is opposite. He feels their pain. That's what empathy does. We can readily see this as it is explained in a Pauline epistle, God's love letter, if you will, to the church at Corinth. Like Ruth, we can do a lot with a little bit of holy faith. Amen. As one theologian put it, with only a beginning sense that God was there. Her thirst for relating well led Ruth towards loyalty to Naomi and faith in who? God. Amen. That's where it is. It's not in things, but it's in God, the God of all things. Amen. And God will give you whatever things you need, not based on what others got. We don't pray based on what others got. Oh, God, bless me with a Cadillac. No, you said Cadillac because you saw the other person got one. Stop praying like that. Amen. Pray for God's will. What? For your life. Amen. If you're a skateboard blessing person, be happy. Skate away. Hallelujah. Anyhow. He'll make you ruler over many one day. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank God. Thank God. Be happy where you're at. Let them build you up. Hallelujah. Some folk only got a tire faith. You don't have four tires yet. Hallelujah. Somebody got t- four tires and the axles. Hallelujah. Some got the four tires, the axles, and the chassis. And keep going till you get the body and the doors and the engine and some fuel or electric, if that's what you're getting. Amen. And God will bless you to go on down the road. But wait for yours. Grow up in God. That's what Naomi did. That's what Ruth learned to do. She saw Naomi doing certain things. She looked around her bitterness and saw God. Amen. There was enough God glimmering around the bitterness. She still saw God. She said farewell to Chemosh and the killing of babies and went on to the God of all gods uh, who brings life. Hallelujah and peace. Hallelujah. Anyhow. One Christian author asserts that the Bible uses such biographies to teach us how to believe and how to act. Ruth reveals how everyday agape looks and how faithfully we should clothe ourselves with agape. Is it true that agape has patience? In other words, we know how to stay put, amen, and suffer long enough until God does what he has to do. Is that what agape is? Nobody's saying anything. Is that what agape is? Is it patience? Yes. Yes. Is it long-temperedness? Yes. Is it meanness? No. Is it kindness? Thank God. Thank God. Is it covetous? No, it's not envious either. My God, it's not jealous. It rejoices when good comes to others. Can you shout when others shout when they get their blessing? 
Amen. You shouldn't be looking grumpy in the corner because they shouting. They get to shout. I'm not shouting this. That's her Sunday. We all should be shouting. Amen. Does agape, amen, vount up itself? Amen. Does it boast and brag about itself? No, no, no. Uh, it's not given to self-display. On the contrary, it ministers to others and rejoices when God is honored and others are blessed. It's not concerned with who gets the credit, but, the, but serves only to who? Please who? Please God. Amen. Agape is not puffed up. My God. It's not haughty and proud. I'm better than you and all this kind of thing. It, it, it's a spirit of humility. Amen. A servant's heart. Agape does not behave unseemly. It's not shameful. My God, it's not indecent. It's not immoral. It's more shamefaced. It's more unflirtatious. It's chaste. It's pure. My God, it's virginal. My God, agape seeks not its own. My God, but it, it demands its, uh, nor does it, it, it demands its rights or, or, or require others to meet its needs. Self-love is not love, is it? No. The world will teach you that self-love is love. No. My God. And some folks say God is love, therefore love is God. No, some love is not God. My God, my God. Is agape easily provoked? Is it short-tempered? What say you? No, no, no. Is it easily stirred to sinful anger? No. Would you say agape thinks about evil things? No, it thinks no evil. Is it negative and critical to beat folk down? No, no, no. Is it constructive to help build folk up? Amen. Uh, does agape rejoice in iniquity? No. Does it rejoice in truth? Yes, it does. Amen. It's not just a surfacey kind of thing, but it goes deep and goes into the love of God and seeks to make things right, seeks to forgive, goes the second route, amen, a second mile, just to see if things could be made right. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, you want everybody to think on those things. Does agape bear all things? My God, bearing others' faults and prayerfully going through. My God. Watching out for others, covering in prayer, bearing each other's burdens in prayer. My God, that's what agape does. It believes all things. Amen. It's going to say that, yes, God is able. My God, that's how agape works. My God, it's, it, it's committed to trusting God. Not putting trust in people, but putting trust in who? In God. Amen. Some folk, you got to amen, pray with a long spoon. Amen. I know. Some not touching uh, with a long pole, lest the contaminant get on you because you're not ready for that, and then you're going to fall again. That's what the book of Jude said. You better learn how to pray. You can't just go all up in there. No. Sometimes you pray from far away. Amen. And agape will help you build relationships, not walls. Hallelujah. Anyhow, does agape hope all things? Yes, it does. Does agape endure all things? Yes, it does. Love, agape always fails or never fails? Never fails. It's always victorious. Imagine that. God never loses. You can't lose with the stuff we use. God's victorious. With regards to faith, hope, and love, which is the greatest? Love. Why? Because it's going to remain. When you get to heaven, you don't need faith to make it in. You already made it in. When you get to heaven, you don't need hope to make it in. You already are there. Love will remain. We're still going to love. It's eternal. Hallelujah. 
So take that thought with you. Jesus was lifted up, crucified, that he might draw all souls to him. That's the kind of love that we ought to have. Love, Jesus with skin on it, so others will see and know the love of God. We ought to have uh, God's mind and heart and become agape representatives. His hands, his feet on this earth. As we abide in him, we are called to be his ambassadors, representatives of the king of kings, to love one another as he loved. What a high calling that is. Hallelujah. Anyhow, will we be faithful to uh, rebel against the earth's secular humanistic kingdom of selfish love? I hope we will. My God, my God, as we are closing, think about this prayer. It's a prayer of holy empathy for daily redemption power to be bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord, that your vision and commitment to make me like your son are far bigger and more beautiful than my vision for myself. No matter how dark the world around me or how difficult the world inside me becomes, thank you that your plan overcomes all obstacles to holiness in Jesus' name. We also got to learn how to pray for others that way. So first, you pray for yourself and get yourself right. Amen. Get perfumed. Get all duded up to meet the king, kingdom redeemer. Amen. The kinsman redeemer who is Jesus. Amen. And be married to him. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Be betrothed to him. Thank God. And God's going to come back for us and we will meet him as his church in the air. But until then, we got to do the work of him. We got to represent him. We got to tell the whole world, nope, I, I, I'm duded up. See, I got the ring. See, nope, I'm already spoken for. I don't need you. Get there behind me, Satan. No, I don't need this. I don't need that. I have Jesus. I'll forget about the whole world, but, but just give me who? Jesus. Amen. Then it's going to help. The Holy Ghost is going to help you to pray like this. Thank you, Lord, that your vision and commitment to make, put the name of somebody there who's incorrigible, the name of somebody there who seemingly can't get it right. Amen. And don't think of it at, from a pious perspective. Think of it from the biblical perspective as the Holy Ghost has been helping you to pray, and he'll help you to see that person as the victim they are. You put their name right there. Thank you, Lord, that your vision and commitment to make blank like your son. Uh, 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 your, uh, your commitment to make blank as your son are far bigger and more beautiful than blank's vision for themselves, him or herself. No matter how dark the world around that person that you put on that blank uh, or how difficult the world inside that person that you put on the blank becomes, thank you that your plan overcomes all obstacles uh, uh, to holiness. Anything that's an obstacle to holiness, you're going to move it out of the way. I thank you, God, for the outcome in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Thank God. Remember that. Pray. Amen. Pray it for yourself. Amen. And learn how to stay in contact with the Lord and in a rendezvous of prayer on a daily Amen. You got to get with Jesus, not just in the event of worship here together with us. That's good because Jesus said, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves as men. Can. Slackness and God doesn't count slackness. He wants us to be together when we're supposed to be and remember Jesus.
But he also wants us to get with him. Sing with, with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Don't despise prophesying when the Holy Ghost comes and gives you what you need. Don't shut your ears. Don't harden your heart. Let him correct you. Amen. Let him, amen, break down that wall of petition and let the Holy Ghost come in and make you new. Stop being so privy and tolerant and, and uh, so, amen, uh, uh, tight-fisted to keeping that thing. No, you got to learn how to open your heart, open your, open your hand, and let it go. Let it go. Let God make you new. Let him renew your mind. Hallelujah. God wants to do new things exceeding abundantly above what we could ask a thing. Let's let him do it. Let's let him do it. Rest on your feet and give God a praise. Let's let him do it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come in and bless us, Lord. Give us a new mind. That we will want others saved. That we will want others delivered. We got to beat ourselves out of a wet paper bag and start learning how to pray for others. Deliver us so we'll have the room and space in our heart and mind. That we will now be enabled by you to build your church through prayer. God said the battle is won in prayer. Are you going to pray for his church? Are you going to pray that others get saved? Are we going to continuously going to slip and slide around the altar and not come all the way to the altar? and be renewed. God wants us renewed by the, by the washing of the word. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost come in and do what he came to do. Hey, let him do what he came to do. Hallelujah. You know what you need. You know how your mouth need to be made right. You know how your heart and your mind need to be made right. My God, think of yourself. Yes, you're a victim. The devil came and made camp all in generations long ago, and it trickled down to you. My God. But we need not propagate that any longer. We need not, amen, allow that to, to go forward from us to the new generations to come. Don't do it. Don't project it on us. Oh, don't project it to the new generation. Don't project it to the ones not yet born, but will be. My God, let's be chain breakers. Let's break the chain. Hallelujah. Let's destroy it. Cut the devil's head off with his own weapon. My God, stop him. Amen. Let's save ourselves. Save our families. My God, you're able, Lord. Let the world get help that it needs. Watch prayer. Watch it work better. Watch it work because empathy's coming. Watch it work better because we're going to love others in prayer. Watch it work. Amen. We're going to amen bear each other burden in prayer. Watch God work better. Watch him. Hey, he's coming. It's going to do new things. Folks that you didn't think could get saved, going to get saved. Those who you didn't think would get delivered will get delivered. Those who didn't think will be set free will be set free. Do you want them set free? Yes, we want what you want, God. Hey, bless us to be prayer warriors. You're able. Help us to love on others. We're not going to believe the lie that it's over. Throw in a towel on behalf of that person. Oh, stand in proxy to, to bury the person. No, we want to have empathy that God is able. You're able, God. Do it abundantly above what we could ask a thing. Make us prayer warriors in the name of Jesus. You're able, God. We thank you and consider it done. Hallelujah to the matchless name of Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I pray, amen, that God's spirit, amen, will help us prevail in the newness of this vision. Amen. God wants to do new things wherein he's glad. It's marvelous in his eyes. The world's going to see and know that it was God. Amen. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church 
pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.